Whenever you're ready, Johnny, I'm recording. Oh, sorry. Hello, <laughs> welcome to... <laughs> <laughs> Keep that one. Hello, and welcome to episode 29 of the Erasable Podcast. I am on hosting duties tonight. I'm Johnny Gamber, and I am here with the two gentlemen who perfected my paperclip, Tim Wassum and Andy Welfley. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. I'm great. Perfect. Say yes, perfect, because <laughs> this, is, this is overdue and going to be awesome fun. So tonight we are doing Super Book Club Awesomeness for the Perfection of the Paperclip, or for you Brits, Adventures in Stationery, by James Ward, who... Tim actually talked to on Twitter earlier. Do you want to tell folks about that, Tim? Well, yeah, I just kind of on a whim went out and uh, reached out to him on Twitter. He's I, at I am James Ward, and just told him we were doing this episode and asked if he would uh, come on the show. And he said yes, like within a couple hours, which is exciting. So we'll That's have awesome. him on sometime in the in the near future. That's Excellent. awesome. I am stoked. We get like the best guests. No offense to other podcasts. We get seriously awesome guests. <laughs> so we're six days late so should we jump right into our tools of the trade absolutely awesome what are you consuming andy well since i i now live by the bay um i i i'm drinking seawater and uh unfortunately i don't feel very well right now and i don't <laughs> know if it's because of the seawater um but maybe maybe it's because of the drought i, I figured because of the drought i should just start drinking the seawater instead of fresh water <laughs> I wonder if the drought's affecting the salinity of the bay. Well, the the bay's always been a little bit like less salty than the actual ocean part, um, and but there are like there are basically like salt flats, like because the bay has dropped a little bit and because a lot of it just kind of gets filtered out. There's there's like kind of inward, kind of in the the mid peninsula area. There's just like these big open marshes that are just apparently super salty. Um, it's kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I am drinking, I am actually, I do have a glass of, of fresh water here. Um, and then I'm drinking, <laughs> um, some coffee because I slept in a little late and, uh, woke up and drank coffee and ate a breakfast bar and talking to you guys. So I it's still to, morning for you. It's still, yeah. Time. It's, uh, it's like 1150 right now. So are you in your PJs? Um, I'm wearing a t-shirt and some sweatpants. So I'm like in somewhere i'm in a transition phase let's say <laughs> it's like a dressing gown yeah <laughs> how about you tim oh and well, i should probably say what i'm writing with yeah, um, yeah i am writing with um i actually have a uh tombow 8900 that um a friend of mine went to japan and uh, i was like if you see any interesting pencils bring one back and so uh they bought this little three pack of tombos from um basically like a japanese 7-eleven they just have tombos and 7-elevens there <laughs> oh that's ridiculous yeah <laughs> so uh mostly i like it. it it it's an 8900 that kind of like olive green color and uh it comes in this three pack with these little uh clear pencil caps which are pretty cool oh sweet yeah and so that's that's what I'm writing with, and I have a Wolpex standing by for for later discussion. Nice, Tim. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I live in I live in the mountains, <laughs> as you. So, but like life life here is a little different than life there. So this might seem weird to you, but uh, life is old here, older than the trees. 
exactly. Uh, and one thing that we have in abundance in, in, in Tennessee is woodchucks. They're just everywhere. They're like all over the place. Kind of like the mountain goats we talked about last time. Uh, so uh, I am drinking uh, this... There's not really a name for it because it sort of speaks for itself, but it's just basically the, the vital fluids of a woodchuck, and you just warm them slightly because otherwise it's just it's disgusting. If you, you warm them in the microwave or on the stove, if it's top? too oh no 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 over a campfire campfire That's, what's <laughs> obviously wait, micro microwave what is that no. No. Uh, yeah if you warm it too much or not enough it's disgusting but if you warm it slightly it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, good protein. I figure you remove it and then put it back into the woodchuck, sort of like in, in Star mm. Wars where he crawls inside the tauntaun to, to warm up. No, that's disgusting. No, <laughs> no, no, it's in my flagon. I keep it in my flagon. In your flagon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh thanks, Johnny, for that one. That was a good setup. Yeah. Uh, I am actually drinking some, some, uh, some Pennsylvania yingling lager. Hmm. And I'm writing with my Midori bullet pencil, loaded with a stub that I made from the Stadler Norris Eco, hmm. otherwise known as the Wopex. Hmm. So, yeah, or maybe not, it's not technically, but it feels an awful lot like a Wopex to not be a Wopex. I'll let Johnny explain that later, but that's what I'm using. So, what about you, Johnny? Well, I'm not drinking anything as interesting as you guys. <laughs> Uh, I'm just drinking some cold-pressed coffee from Zeke's, our local roastery. It's the Colombian Mesa de los Santos, which is delicious. And I let it steep for like 30 hours. So it's like a stiff drink. It's very good. Um, and I'm actually writing with a really cool pencil that I got weeks ago at TW Pencil Enterprise from Karen Dash called the Natura, which is... I. I think it's it's clear lacquered, but it's very thin, and it has the imprint sort of heat stamped on there, just into the wood. It's super fragrant. It's a really nice pencil. I should get off my butt and review one of these. I'm trying to think if I picked one of those up. If um, not, man, I'm going to order like a pile of them other there because I like them. Okay, so now we will do our fresh points, and I'm going to go first because I've had a lot of coffee, and I'm going to jump on it. <laughs> so anyone who ordered stickers, who was nice enough to order stickers, thank you super a whole ton, and they're all gone. They should have gone out, I think, two weeks ago Yay. from Baltimore. So if you haven't received them and you're in the U.S., please do send us a message because I figure with that many orders, someone's going to get lost. And if you and haven't have, received them and you're not in the U.S., wait another two weeks and then let us know. <laughs> yeah, they, they fit Australia and Germany yeah, I, and uh, the U.K., but it could be, you know, one hit, one hit Germany and one will in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, USPS. <laughs> Sorry for the stamps with the Christmas wreaths. That's all my post office had for some reason for airmail stamps. <laughs> Although I think the lady was mad at me for something. I looked at the time on my cell phone or something like that. But... um. <laughs> The one 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 was already lost. We replaced it. So, if folks haven't ordered them, we have probably a good hundred and sixty or hundred and seventy left of the small ones, and I think we're down to less than ten of the bumper stickers. No man, bumper awesome. stickers are awesome. Yeah, yeah. A buddy of mine put it on his guitar case. It looks really awesome. Oh, I did that too. I put it on my guitar case and on my my uh, a MacBook. So. Yeah, See, I'm gonna do the only thing that's cooler and put it on a bass case. So. <laughs> 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 yeah um and also if folks don't follow us on social media which is just weird um andy and i got to meet two weeks ago which was what? so awesome 
So mm. to answer the question, Andy is definitely taller in real life. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought you were joking. I walked in and looked at the store. We get we had a hug. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you're like six inches tall. How did this happen? I'm like yeah. that short. No, that, oh, was, that was super awesome. That was so much fun. Um, Tim, you were there in, in spirit. Yeah, I was happy to be. <laughs> we uh, at least, the least I could do. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we took a picture, which I'll uh, I'll make sure is within the show notes of uh, Johnny and me, and then uh, I pulled up a, a picture of, of Tim from Facebook on my phone and <laughs> got our picture taken with that. <laughs> so so he was there in spirit and on on iPhone. Yeah, and oddly um, enough, we were wearing the same shirt. Yeah, <laughs> this, uh, this blue um, shirt with a pencil in. Yeah, about this podcast about pencils. <laughs> Bizarre. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a big day. We we met each other. Um I I met Dr. Hans, um, met Caroline Weaver, um, hung out at the shop for a while. We were there for maybe a couple hours. Um we I don't I don't remember if we have run this by you, Tim, but we kind of have a great idea for a um an episode. <clears throat> so some summer. Um Caroline and uh, Caitlin are going to uh, go off and take a vacation, and they're going to <laughs> fly us to run the shop for a week. <laughs> and uh, we're going to just we're just going to run the shop and just like record interviews with people who come in about it. And uh, yeah, so I accept. <laughs> so that will be a, that will be a special. We're we're just going to like sleep on some cots in the middle of the store for. for oh, yes, <laughs> we're going to sleep. <laughs> right. To come back, where'd all the pencils go? What? We we found a bar down the block. There's a restaurant underneath, so like we're we covered never had... in graphite. Yeah, <laughs> what what <laughs> graphite handprints on our face? What you guys do? What? Maybe we can get a videographer and make it like a like a reality miniseries. We'll have to bring <laughs> TJ in. <laughs> yeah, get get TJ down here too, and we'll just we'll just make this. Uh... Oh man, it's <laughs> gonna be a frontline episode so, about this. So John, Johnny and I already like a couple customers came in and start, we started asking them questions about what they were looking for and. <laughs> upsold them on some black wings and some uh, some fancy pencils so <laughs> it's i am really amazed how much walk-in traffic that place had yeah like when we were there for two hours i bet there were like like a dozen people who just kind of walked in to just check it out wow that's met, awesome yeah met caroline's uh protege amelia who's the the child of a neighbor who comes <laughs> in and uh she just ta- she was looking at pencils she uh caroline had some of those like they're thinner than bridge pencils. I can't remember what they're for, but like the really, really thin ones. Um, and she was like writing with them and trying to figure out how to sharpen them. So we we talked about pencils for a while. Yeah, it was it was so much fun. It was lots of fun. It's like breathtaking. Yeah, it's a pencil <laughs> store. Then so we, I went back up that that Friday and encountered a lot more walk-in traffic, which was awesome. Yeah. That's... How many times have you been there, Johnny? <clears throat> Three. <clears throat> <laughs> like seemed like more. That's because every time I go, I buy too much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first time I had a lot of self control. Uh, two weeks ago, I did not have any self control. <laughs> I spent That's a good. Shameful. That's shameful. <laughs> I spent a good sixty dollars in wooden pencils, like individual ones. So. Uh, that's a that's a lot of wooden pencils. <laughs> I, I spent a hundred there that week, <laughs> and not including the other places I went in New York. <laughs> Bad boy. But you figure, you know, what's a hundred dollars get you in fountain pens? It was. <laughs> it was really great meeting Dr. Hans too. He brought me a little, uh, yeah. a little goodie pack of of stuff, um, including a uh, a pack of those. And I never say it, say it right. Kino Kanoya. Is that how you say it? Um, uh, no like, clue. <laughs> like there's um 
my my two favorites so far of the in index cards that I've tried out are um, the dot dash cards from from Notco, and then these Kino Kanoya like information cards. And uh, June Thomas sent me a pack of the um, dot dash, and then uh, Dr. Hans brought me some some of the other ones. So that was super cool. He's a really interesting guy. He's so nice. Yeah. Well, he's, he's nice to little just... tours around New York, which is awesome because I know nothing about New York. <laughs> it's a very, very good time. Yeah, yeah, he was he was fascinating. So we have, uh, to have we have to have Dr. Hans on the show. We should have Dr. Hans on the show. Time. He was a lot about pencils. Yeah, and uh, then Johnny and I had some drinks, and then realized that we have to we had to get him to Penn Station real quick. <laughs> yeah, so, I almost uh, fell running down the steps of the train station. <laughs> so we uh, we Ubered it. God bless Amtrak and their convenience. I'm so glad you were not taking an Amtrak around Boston last week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Frankie was actually on the train the day before that and oh, was supposed man. to go the day after that. But yeah. Didn't, didn't, really? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I know right where that curve is. It's kind of frightening. Yeah. Listen, I said this on Facebook. We've seen that conductor like a million times on the Northeast Carter. Hmm. Because he's got the beard. Some of the guys that work on Amtrak kind of dress apart a little bit, which I appreciate. <laughs> like cool beard to carry a pocket watch or something. Yeah. <laughs> I still love Amtrak. Hmm. Yeah. It seemed like it was kind of a semi-freak kind of thing. Did he did, – I know this is like totally off topic, but I've been kind of out of loop for a couple of days. Did he – or like the speed the train was going at, was that on purpose or did that kind of like get well, out of control or do they know nope. yet? They're investigating reports that something hit the front of the train, that the uh, windshield was broken, and supposedly there was another train that reported having something thrown or shot at it. Oh, man. It was oh, double frightening. Yeah. Yes. yeah. There are parts here in Maryland where you cross the bay with um, nothing on the sides, so a little derailment would mean a sinking train. Oh, man. Hmm. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this is a pencil podcast, guys. Yeah. No, no, trains and pencils go together naturally. Yeah. I think. Yeah, just ask Cody Williams. Yeah. Amen. Um. So another cool thing that Caroline was nice enough to do was we did what I think is the first graphite-based stationary blog interview. <laughs> there are a lot of hyphens in there. So the thing I said I would do, I finally formatted. So. If you haven't read it yet on Pencil Revolution, there's a cool interview that Caroline did asking or answering really nosy questions about her own pencil preferences. Hmm. And she wrote down the answers in pencil and I scanned them so they're all up there. But I haven't typed up the um, tags yet. You have to come up with a, a fancy name for that. Like, um, oh, like Cheryl from Strike Through has the, the typecast where she would you know typewrite it and put, it, put a blog post in there. Yeah, and like Elizabeth a, from um, Little Flower Petals has done pencil casting before. Yeah. Which is awesome because she has cool handwriting. Yeah, my handwriting not so much. So yours is yours is in a pencil cast, but it's <coughs> like an interview back, like a back and forth. Yeah, the the questions are written in her handwriting because mine were all on one page because mm. I didn't have the foresight to do it the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but my handwriting's not great. It's like Catholic school handwriting. She's a very Caroline has a really unique handwriting. Yeah, definitely. It's like her lo look, her logo is in her handwriting. Yeah, and she has new pencils, which are cool. I don't, did you get one when you were there? The new Caroline Weaver pencils that yes. are in yellow. Yeah, they're, so, they're, they're pretty. They're really cool. I need to buy some like this because um, they're they're embossed, but sort of like in a um, in like her unique handwriting. So so somebody made like a custom like um, 
punch embosser uh, with I, I don't know what to call it like yeah so, somebody made a like a press just custom to to her her logo and it sounds like she didn't pay like too ridiculous money for it so I I totally need to get some of those I want to get one in my handwriting but then people would look at it and be like what the hell is that pencil <laughs> god pencil revolution jeez <laughs> So um, my only other thing that I have to mention is that I have like all these new pencils to review. Me too. And like I've been pretty bad about reviewing stuff in general lately. So I don't know if this is going to happen. I'm kind of overwhelmed. But um, I got to be a reviewer for Mass Drop now. So I've got this solid brass mechanical pencil I have to review. So did did you talk to Cat? No, she was she got replaced. Oh, um, like this week. Mm. After I was like, oh, what does that mean? So I hope it's good things yeah. that cause the switch. But, like, man, that brass pencil is something else. <laughs> it weighs, like, five pounds. It's going to work out. I got an email from somebody there at some point, and I didn't find anything yet I wanted to review, but I was like, can we, can we stay on the on the back burner? And You should get one of those modern field pencils to review. They're really nice. The modern field pencils? They call them modern fuel. They did the... Um, the raw aluminum one before, so they sent me the brass oh, one. Oh, yeah. There's only a $5 price difference between the two, which yeah. strikes me as odd because if nothing else, the brass one's more expensive to ship. It's heavy. Like, yeah. really, like, wow, this is really seriously a heavy pencil. Hmm. But you don't have to press down on it. <laughs> That's half the pressure, twice the speed. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> okay, well, I'm rambling so much, so do you, or too much. Would you like to go next, Mr. Andy? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, I went to New York for work, and um, there was just a whole bunch of people I I wanted to meet. Um, Johnny Johnny at the top of that list, but I um, I, I also met the uh, the Baron Fig guys, Adam and Joey. That was really cool. They they walked over and we went and had coffee and talked about stuff. Some stuff I can't talk about, and some stuff that you know they gave me a some of those new. Um, oh, what are they called? The it's not two rivers. <laughs> the, the path river and yeah. grass. Yep. I just finished one yeah. today. They're so pretty. Yeah, they're really pretty. So yeah, those are some super sharp guys, and they have a lot going on. We talked a lot about pencils, um, just about like I, I sort of explained the history of, as I saw it, of black wings, and you know why it's sort of like this. This has this big mythos to it. So we talked about that. Um, we talked about just different pencil brands, and just yeah, it was. They're super interesting. So there's that. Uh, I met uh, Harry Marks, who I think we have all communicated with before. Um, Tim, you just uh, sent something to Harry, didn't you? Yeah, we, I sent him a sampler of some pencils. He was He's a fiction writer, and he was looking for pencils to write longhand with mm-hmm. for like long-form writing. And I was just trying to help him find something that fit his – he had some pretty like kind of – specific parameters that he was trying oh. to fit and so i sent him a yeah a sampler of things to what'd you send him uh, oh i have to look at the picture i sent him a lot of stuff i sent him a a, a layout i sent him a kimberly b I sent him a palomino hb i think um and uh, yeah seriously i was looking at the picture i sent him like a dozen so i think he said he really a, liked that kimberly i'm trying to remember Hell yeah, yeah that was as of now that was or last i heard i should say that was his favorite. He was trying to find something, you know, kind of like the eternal search of something that has a holds a holds a point and has a dark line. Like everybody wants that, but um, he was he was trying to find something that fit that 
And I sent him, let's see, I've got the picture right here. I sent him a general's layout, Kimberly B, a Musgrave test scoring, a general's test scoring, a Mitsubishi HB, a high uni, a Nanodia HB, Forest Choice, Palomino B, uh, a 9850 Mitsubishi, like the one we reviewed, that maroon one, mm-hmm. a Tombow Mono 2B, a Tombow Mono B, and a Tombow Mono 100 HB. Damn. Yeah, so I, sent, <laughs> I, sent him, I sent him a pretty pretty uh, extensive collection, and he sent me, a, in exchange, he had a, a, a dozen Blackwing MMX that weren't um, his thing at all. So yeah. he wasn't going to use those. He sent me that dozen in exchange for that dozen um, samples that I sent him. Yeah. It was a, I think it was a good deal for both of us. So that's awesome. but I hope it helps him find, it hopes help. I hope it helps him find one that fits his need. If, if a uh, pencil is what he needs, maybe, maybe he should stick to what he's been using, but I yeah. was happy to help him yeah. try to narrow it down. He's a, yeah, he's a really cool hey, Johnny. If you think I'm tall and, Tall in real life. Um, <laughs> I he, saw the picture. Yeah, he, uh, Harry is probably a good two or three inches taller than me, so he's like Jeez. six foot five, maybe. Is he really? <clears throat> yeah. So he, yeah, he's a super nice guy. We walked around Facebook a little bit. Check that out. Um, cool. Yeah. So, so it was. I mean, it was a good trip. It was. Uh, I haven't been to New York since 2007, and just gotta go. Ate some really good food. I, I stayed right in the East Village, which is really cool. Just right near everything. Um. Speaking as before of um, CW Pencil Enterprises, did you did you guys see the Pencil of the Month Club is is a thing yeah, now? That's yes, cool. yeah, that's, that's super really cool. Exciting. I'm a, it's a good price too. Yeah, I yeah I I loved like my first sort of experience with uh, pencil things and pencil blogging in general was because of a Pencil of the Month Club, and um, I know people have been talking about it for just years after they stopped doing it, and at some point I was kind of thinking about trying to do that but then i realized i'm not like i would just be like buying dozens myself and splitting them up and sending them out so caroline has definitely has the capacity and the will and the audience built up to do this so um yeah so it's um you can buy it in three month six month or one year increments and it is five dollars a month and it looks like she is sending you um a great, a really great pencil on the first day of the month for a whole year, uh, if you choose the twelve month, obviously. Uh, included will be a specialty chosen pencil, beautifully packaged and containing a little card to tell you about what makes it special, and occasional little surprises. Um, so, it's like uh, per pencil kind of expensive, but it's it's really about sort of the the curation and the intentionality behind it, and um, and and truly, Caroline has pencils that. I would I would go so far as to say like nowhere else in the U.S. can you buy some of these. Yeah, every time I go there, I'm like I never heard of that. Yeah, and like there's a whole brand that she carries. It's Nataraj N A T A R A J, and I'd never heard of them before. Um, she had some really, and I had bought a whole dozen of these uh, really gorgeous uh, these Tombow recycled pencils where they're brightly colored, but they're stained instead of lacquered. So it's like mm. like a yeah like you can see like a blue wood grain. It's just gorgeous. So. I don't know where she gets all of these, but it's amazing. She does a super good job. So I I'm, can't wait to see this Pencil of the Month Club. Um, I hope that she'll come and post about it in, in the group um, so we can all kind of have a discussion around this. It's pretty great. 
So yeah, uh, I'll have a link to that in show notes, which is, of course, at erasable.us slash 29. Man, one away from 30. Um, Speaking of um, nothing, well, this isn't anything in particular. Um, So we we were talking a little bit about, um, there's a brand of of writing instrument called Napkin, which is a funny name. Um, (laughs) They sell them over at Pen Chalet, who's, um, they mostly sell pens, but they have some mechanical pencils. They're a really good sponsor of the Pen Addict. Um, They started carrying these three pencils um, made by Napkin, and they're called forever pencils sometimes like forever um like graphiteless pencils something like that there i'm still trying to kind of figure out the science behind it have you guys read about these right mm-hmm. they they have some sort of a metal alloy tip and it basically lays down um a thin layer of oxidization onto the paper so it doesn't work on all paper and it is essentially like it just goes forever like you can conceivably never run out of way to write with it um and it's it's interesting so far it, it, it's really cool looking like napkin it's they're clearly there to like design something neat um and it doesn't perform super well i haven't quite figured out where there would be a use case where this would be the best thing to do but it's a uh, it's fun to try out so um i, I uh, i'm trying the prima which basically looks like a chopstick or like a knitting needle or something like that um, and they have other ones too. They have, um, they have one that's really gorgeous. Um, and they all look beautiful, but like, yeah, the, like one of them is a hundred dollars for something that doesn't write super well. But, um, yeah, this one is like 30, I think maybe $35. I have to look. Um, and it's, it's fun to play with, but I, yeah, it's definitely not a, not a pencil replacement. Uh, last thing I'll mention is, um, uh, Sticker Mule, who makes our our stickers, um, just started a new kind of like subsite called Button Frog, <clears throat> and uh, they they had a special going. So I printed uh, fifty erasable buttons, um, and actually, I saw I was, I was sending something to Will Fangi, the host of co-host of my other podcast. Um, so I just included one in there because I just had them with me. So I. I feel a little bad i think will has will has one before you guys do <laughs> i need to <laughs> i'll get over it eventually <laughs> i uh... saw his i was like does he have a button i had forgotten about him so like, <laughs> i saw his picture and i was like how the hell does he have a button <laughs> i didn't even know he had buttons and i remembered like i was talking about tim is tim is driving to shelbyville <laughs> yeah and taking them, <laughs> taking them away yeah. from him i'm coming for you Luke. <laughs> not like jump him on the way out of school yeah. steal his bag <laughs> Um, there, I, I was just, I needed something just quick and dirty and circular because I was just making these real quick. And so I used the design from the older gray, uh, sticker that we made. Um, Mm -hmm. and they're, they're like two and a half inches in diameter, which is bigger than usually I like buttons. I I usually like the one inch buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the moment they're only offering that one size. Um, but so I have, we have 50 of them. I'm going to send some to, uh, you two guys, um, and then we'll figure out how to put the rest of them up for sale a little bit, just just as a limited run. And then if they're if they seem popular, and it seems like something that maybe we can get different sizes from uh, Sticker Mule or no Button Frog, uh, we can make more of them. So yeah, swag, 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 <laughs> swag, baby, swag. So that is that is all of my fresh points. How about you, Tim? Well, I've uh, we talk about bullet pencils an awful lot, and kind of where 
most people, like with bullet pencils, the place they start, if it's not vintage, until the twist and the bullet pencil, is it TT and ST came out, mm-hmm. uh, is the Midori. And I bought a Midori early on in the show. I think I talked about it in one of the first episodes, and Andy, I remember Andy talked to me about buying, you know, saying make sure you get the, the refills and stuff like that because they have this semi-proprietary refill. Mm-hmm. But I've learned over time that you can basically cram most things into it. Really? Yeah, I mean, besides, unless it's thin. Yeah. As long as it's like, like I usually, I have the, the proprietary refill in sometimes, but the things I most often have in are a Golden Bear or a 602. Usually a Golden Bear is the most common. But lately I've had a, I just put a new one in actually, but a, a Wopex stub. Yeah. Actually, I cut it too short this time, so I used my Keras Customs tube of plastic uh, that they use to, so you can fit different refills into one of their pens. Mm-hmm. And I cut a section of it off to to fill in the gap below the the Wopex stub that I'm using. But so I was just gonna gonna mention that that I think that is, I don't know. I mean, I like all the the bullet pencils that are out there right now, uh, but outside of the vintage ones. I really love the Midori. I think they did a really great job of keeping it uh, lightweight yeah. and uh, small. You know, it's not overly kind of industrial or something, and sometimes that kind of gets in the way. So I just I have really like recently re fallen in love with the uh, with the Midori. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I love the uh, and, yeah. I love how lightweight it is and just that stamped brass, and it's it's really hardy, which is nice. Um, it's probably not, not like tactical, um, like the like the twist or the ST slash TT, um, but yeah, it's a it's a really great pencil. I and I actually lost mine sometime, and I I have no idea where it is, so I need to get another one. Actually, speaking of them, or in speaking of losing, I didn't really lose one, but I was actually thinking of looking into another one because I really like the white version mm-hmm. they have. I was going to look into that because the I have the brass one, which I talked about early on. That the my <laughs> one of our early episodes was about my caustic hands that like tarnished my mm-hmm. brass bullet pencil. Yeah, uh, which now in the last like two weeks I've been using it a lot. It started to sort of balance out, and now it's looking really awesome. And like the friction from stuff in my pocket is starting to get shiny again in certain spots. It looks really great. Mm-hmm. But I was switching to that white one because I think. Uh, Group member Chris uh, Chris Zietz, I guess is how you pronounce it, but uh, he's pretty active in the Facebook group and talked to him on Twitter a lot. And he's he's actually in our stationary fantasy baseball. Yeah, uh, but he he has a white one. They look really awesome. That's cool. So it's, the other thing I was going to mention. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say they're they're weird color combinations because there's like it's brass and then white and then brown, right? Yeah, yeah. And I know I'm actually a little jealous. Uh, Torsten has um, has like an orange one and I think a blue one that um, are limited editions and have like other company names printed on them. Oh yeah. So I it. yeah I've been trying to figure out how to get one that's um, that's actually used much like an original bullet pencil where where it's being used for advertising purposes. Hmm. So someday I'm gonna track one of those down and and have it. But they're it seems like they're pretty hard to find. Yeah, that, I've I've seen a picture of those somewhere, and those do look pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, next thing I was going to mention is that Charles Barrelsheimer posted something on his Instagram. Yeah, I guess he was on his way to some business trip and had a few 
prototypes with them that are collaborations between Pencils.com or Palomino or whatever you want to call it and Metal Shop CT. John, they're making what looks to me like a, a perfect pencil hmm. kind of cover sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so you can put a pencil in your pocket and it clips into your it clips onto your breast pocket, which mm-hmm. looks awesome. We'll leave that. I don't know anything about it, but I just want to mention that that it was really they looked pretty cool. Um, we'll have to see the details and see what it's like, see when it's coming out, and also the price is going to be in, you know important for me because there are things like that that are pretty affordable, and I don't know if I'll want to go out and spend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like overspend on something like that when I can get one for yeah. uh, cheaper. But I, I'm super excited to find out about them because they look pretty pretty interesting. I'm interested to know when. So I've, I've actually never used a perfect pencil like like thing like that. Um, when you have like a full sized pencil, like a just brand new pencil in there, how do you clip it to your shirt pocket? Because it seems like it would just be way too long. Well, the the Faber Castell <laughs> ones are all tiny. The ones yeah, obviously you don't. <laughs> Mm. yeah 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 i really that's the only answer is that it's for pencils that are have been used down gotcha a couple inches because if it's full size i mean it's a cap but i mean you can get caps for like a dime you know from these packages uh so but it's just kind of a a high quality cap that you can use to put Mm -hmm. something in your breast pocket or whatever but it would have to be a shortened pencil yeah that makes sense yeah uh and the last thing aside, I was going to mention, like Johnny, that I have like a million reviews to come because I have all this stuff piled up that I want to write about that I've I've gotten from various places that I'm really excited about. So I, this summer, we're going to be, as of the end of next week, I'll be done with school for a month and a half. Yay. So I'll use some time during you know, Henry's nap times that I'll be <laughs> uh, writing reviews over the summer. But I did, uh, I finished my master's degree recently. Yay! Uh, thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, last week. Yeah. I don't want to uh, Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, I was, it's, I was really happy to get it finished up and I got some nice, very nice gifts, including Johnny, who sent me a copy of uh, The Days of Henry Thoreau, which I'd been wanting to read for like two years, which I was like, Overwhelmed by happiness when I saw <laughs> when I saw that coming, out. I was like, "That is so perfect." That's awesome. So I'm going to read that this summer. It was really so. Thanks, Johnny. Um, oh, but I got a couple gifts and made some stationary purchases with the gifts from family. Uh, one of which, which I'll only mention in like one sentence because it's a fountain pen. I don't want to scandalize this podcast. Is I got a Lamy 2000. Beep. <laughs> 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 which I'm just going to leave it there. Um, that is it's all right. Pen. It's pretty amazing. It's it's outstanding. But I'll move on. I won't I won't uh dwell on it. Did you get but the, I also, the black one or the uh steel? Oh yeah, definitely the black one. Yeah. So the the Macrolon. Pretty. And it it is really awesome. But and besides that, paper wise, which this relates to us, is I got a Nanami Seven Seas writer notebook hmm. with a graduation gift, which is a a notebook made I it's made in Japan, but it's sold from California, and it's made with Tomo River or Tomoe River paper. And I first heard about it on the, I guess it was Pan Addict. That's, that's uh, where I first was, heard about it. Yeah, but it was because I couldn't remember because it, it was mentioned by uh, J. Robert Lennon, who is a one of the co-hosts of the uh, 
Lunchbox podcast. And I couldn't remember if he had mentioned it on Lunchbox or just on Pen Addict, but, but he has used it for drafting uh, stories and novels. And he, so he had mentioned it. That's how I found out about it. But it's a, it's a notebook that's made with Tamoya River paper. And because that paper is so thin, it actually has 480 pages in it, which is awesome. Jeez. It's a ton. But at the same time, that's 200 or 480 pages, but I'm putting it side by side with the little uh, Bob Slate notebook that Johnny gave me. The what's it called? Six by four, and it's like mm. not even twice as big. Like it's still pretty <laughs> slender. So uh, I wonder pretty, with paper that thin, if you filled up all 480 pages with um, graphite, if it would thicken the notebook a little bit. Well, <laughs> yeah, and actually. Uh, John, uh, uh, J.R. Robert Lemon talked about that on, on the podcast that once he's filled, filled it up, that it's actually, yeah, it, it is fatter. Like you actually see it expand because it's so, so thin. That's amazing. That's awesome. So, I mean, I've used it with, with fountain pen ink and it of course is great because that's what it's known for. But also there are some pencils that are just awesome on it. And the one appropriately that has been my favorite with it is the Wopex. It, it write like you barely have to touch the paper, and you can just write. And of course, the I was going to talk about this later, but the Wopex has like an eternal point. It's like never, you know, like never wears down, and it works so well on this paper, which I was not expecting at all. I was expecting the Wopex to be like really light, but uh, because the Wopex is so dense, you can write on it, you know, forever. So they're really nice notebooks. They're I guess you could say they're on the pricey side because of how much you have to pay for one notebook. But at the same time, it's twice the size of Erodia. Or, you know, it's so many pages um, that it's actually a really good deal. Hmm. So I would really recommend it. If you, if you haven't tried the Tomoe River paper, it's something special. It's like cream color. In the notebook, it's cream colored, and they have a, a seven millimeter rule, which is like perfect. It's not. It's like some, I think it's somewhere in between college ruled and wide ruled. That is really uh, nice. It's which is really comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Dot, um, graph paper is usually like a five millimeter rule, so this is just mm-hmm. a little wider than that, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would highly recommend it, and it's it seems like a pretty small operation. I mean, the website and I know it's new because this company is new, but it feels like it was made in like the mid nineties. Hmm. But uh, I got the notebook, and then they have a thing they actually call the cheap cover. Which is just like <laughs> a plastic, a plastic slip cover because the notebook doesn't have a a really thick like moleskin style cover for it. It's just kind of like a cardboard, which probably would be fine on its own. But I went ahead and got it because it was like two fifty or something. So go check that out if you haven't. They're they're really beautiful notebooks, and they'll you know they'll last you a really long time. I'm excited I'm excited to use it over the summer with some stories and stuff. Hmm. So but that's all I got. Now, we didn't do a Pencil of the Week last week, so we have one this week, which a lot of people do not like, and a lot of people like myself very much like. This is the Stadler Wopex, which is the wooden pencil extrusion, which I guess should be pronounced Wopex. <laughs> I'm not going to say Wopex. I'm going to say Wopex. You already invented a, a plural version of Wopex. So. Oh, I didn't invent that. It was... Um, Sean or Steven or uh, Matthias, someone was talking about it on another blog. I just kind of stole it. Oh, okay. You, pop- popularized, you popularized it. it, yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Wopex, <laughs> and it sounds like Santa's ninth reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> this one is very sharp antlers. So, so um, <laughs> this pencil is made of an extrusion of 
um, what is it? Wood flour. It's wood flour mixed with plastic, not unlike those horrible eagle pencils that we had in the eighties. But this one's a lot more dense and it's not flexible and it's heavy and it just it's writes better. It's better in every way. <laughs> Plus, they still make them, which is you know a bonus. But um, <laughs> they've been out in Europe for a while. I think they came out in like twenty oh nine in Paper World or something, and they're only a little more recently available in North America. I think in the last two years so mm-hmm. ours are green with an eraser but you know it's a really good eraser and the ferrule is like well, you know, we'll talk more about that but um yeah if, if folks don't know about it much um i have a review up and matthias has a lot of information on Bleistift, and gunter has even more on um lexi Calliker. so we can put those links in the show notes mm-hmm. but um it's it's a great pencil what do you guys think of that pencil Tim? No, I told you it's great. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd have to agree with you. Uh, it's better. I, I used to be in that camp of people who were like, I don't get it. I don't understand why this pencil is so, like, why is this a big deal? Why is this nice? Um, admittedly, I was in that camp. And now I've definitely been uh, converted in the last week of playing with it. And now I really, really love it. And I think that the... Um, main thing that for me, like there, I mean, I like it overall, but the specific thing about it that I like is the weight of it because you have this melted plastic wood combo, which I guess is like 70% wood or something like that, that, uh, because it's so dense, it has a nice weight to it. Hmm. You know, like I, I've, I've noticed that, that it's, it's a little heavier. And so, and part of my, the, reason for me changing my thoughts on it might because of how well it did in the seven seas writer. And I think the weight had something to do with that. So it's kind of a heavier pencil a little bit, uh, but I like it. It's so it's weirdly smooth. You think it's going to be scratchy and it's so smooth. And I guess that's maybe because of the density of the barrel that it kind of insulates any scratchiness maybe. Well, and uh, I know, and, and like you, I, I really do love the weight and I, I like the, kind of like velvetiness of the of the the outside lacquer slash rubber or whatever it is um Mm -hmm. and and i think i think that it's a little like the i know the lead is reformulated a little bit i think charles talked a little bit about about this when he was on but uh in order to like stick inside that barrel of wood it needs to um like kind of merge with it a little bit more so the lead is a little bit reformulated in order to be to to be able to be put in there because it has a different sort of like flexiness to it. I think it needs to be a little bit more flexible um, from what I heard. So yeah, I, I love the weight. I love the, um, the look and just like the tactile feel of it. I think that, um, I think that why, so I would probably give it a B and I think that's mostly because it's a little bit lighter than I generally like. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's also um, kind of hard to sharpen. Uh, you can't you can't run it through like a classroom friendly, for example, um, as we talked about when we first ever started talking about Wolpex in one of the early episodes. Um, you have to use a sharpener with a little W on it that kind of comes with it. Um, and Johnny, I know you are the one who explained that to me. Um, oh, I don't really understand it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't found that it works better, but um, yeah. I found a couple crank sharpers that uh, work pretty well from um, Delhi. Hmm. One of them is, it's a long point. It's not classroom friendly long point, but it's pretty long. And I don't know why 
like there's there are two different finishes in the Wopex. Their European one is thicker and very rubbery and sort of um almost has like glitter in it. Mm. And then when they release the green ones over here, they're a little more like clicky and a lot drier. Mm-hmm. And those you can get into a, one of those sharpers and get the auto stop to work. But the European one just baffles the auto stop and you've lost yeah. two point two inches of pencil. Yeah. And then broken it to boot. <laughs> I found but, um, that out, I found that out the hard way. Yeah, Matthias uh, has a bunch of articles on how to sharpen them. He gets some some nice points on his. Yeah, plus he I'll likes to knife sharp too. Johnny, I'll I, look at those. Yeah, Johnny, you did um, you did something uh, to one of your Wopex the, the <laughs> other day. Yeah, I've seen people peel them. Uh-huh. So I peeled one, and I also cut off the ferrule and cut off the eraser. So it was just totally naked. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Charlotte picked it up off the table. And uh, put the ferrule back on and put the eraser back in the ferrule and said she fixed it. So, <laughs> How nice. I also I did it to a neon one, which is stupid because I have a million green ones, but I don't have a million neon ones. Mm. Well, I do, but not a million neon orange ones. <laughs> I, I might have ten dozen of the neon ones like right next to me. <laughs> I remember when Staples had that big Wopex sale and everybody, yep. everybody went a little crazy. Yeah. Well, I bought seven dozen and they were all broken, so... Yeah. Uh, Staples sent me another seven dozen, and they were also all broken. But they were like, that is, just keep them all. We'll charge you for one. Now you have like, 14 dozen broken pencils. Yeah, so whenever yeah. I shared them with people, I'm like, I didn't give you the broken ones. They're all broken. I actually gave you a better pack than the ones I kept, so <laughs> don't hate me. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Cool. I, awesome. What grade would you give it, Mr. Tim? I would. I, I was re- prepared to give it a B plus, but now I'm tempted to give it an A. Because, yeah, I've just kind of been a, I've been a convert, and now I'm I'm sort of smitten by the idea of a Wopex 2B pencil, which I just found on Amazon. Which there are I didn't know was a thing until as we were recording. So Staedtler makes a Wopex 2B, which I really want to try. That's awesome. Um, they're orange, and they don't come with a ferrule. But there's a a 12 pack, which they're like 15. And free shipping on Amazon, which that's not a bad price for those actually. It's not bad, and I'm sure it's they're not like super common, so maybe it's coming from somewhere far away. It says it would be uh, delivered if we order it today. It'll it would be delivered between June 16th and July 8th. So I'm <laughs> guessing it's coming from overseas somewhere. Yeah, Staedtler's really really um, strict about what they'll send to different countries. They won't sell us those Wopexes, Wopex, and, and they won't sell us uh, Norris. No matter what you do and how badly you beg, punks. Stupid <laughs> Americans. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'd give it an A. I think just I've been kind of converted by the the weight, and they're so smooth. They're they're much lighter than I usually like, but they're just fun. So I'd give it an A. I would love to give it an A because I don't know. It's a very good example of what it is. Yeah. It's it's supposed to be an eco pencil, and it's at least as green as all the other pencils. And I find that it's you know. So those recycled wood pencils are just a pencil with no paint on them. You're like, whatever, it's just a pencil. But um, whatever is the non the non wooden part of it, will it like degrade? I don't know. I know there's there's a thing in there where there's palm oil involved somehow oh. in the process, which people have brought up as being non ecologically friendly. But hmm. was it Gunter? I think I think Gunter's actually had conversations with the people at at Staler, if I understand right, oh. and. The palm oil is part of why this pencil doesn't smear. Mm-hmm. It adheres to the paper really well because it, it, really, it hardly ever smears. It doesn't you know, transfer to the other page, but it's a little difficult to erase, hmm. which is fine with me. They're really good for like pocket notebooks and planners and things like that. 
You guys want to start our main topic, our book club of the perfection of the paperclip? Yay! Mr. Yes, James yes, yes. Please do. As we mentioned earlier, we might get to get on the show, which would be so awesome. That would be super cool. We've uh we've had some really good response of people, you know, reading it and and buying it based off our affiliate links and and others like who have gone to a, an independent bookstore to buy it, like that's even better. Um so yeah, lots of lots of people people buying this. I actually kind of broke one of my rules and I wrote in the margins, which I don't usually do. Um, huh. Yeah, it's like all pencil. Yeah, well, I, I in pencil definitely. I uh, <laughs> I actually kept a um one of those little Ticonderoga golf pencils by my bedside. Um, so it's it's kind of a crappy writing experience in, in the book, but it's like it's a small portable <laughs> thing. They're so adorable, though. They really, they're so cute. <laughs> Just like give them out of the bathroom or something. I had a dream <laughs> about those the other pencil. night. You had a dream about them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I had awesome. this like super strange dream of like being at a movie theater for some reason, and I was trying to sneak in a bottle of wine and all of my students were at the movie, like all of them. <laughs> and one of them, and one of them was passing out pencils and it was in like a box of those mini, those, those mini Dixons. Yeah. Is what they had. It was really weird. I don't really, that's like, I, I usually don't remember my dreams. So that's like a hundred percent more than I usually remember, but like it stuck with me. It was really weird. I wonder if teachers have that, like as an anxiety dream, like they're trying to do something kind of like, Kind of trashy, and all of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> the students are there. I was pulling my flask out in math class. And <laughs> students all pulled their phones out. And we're gonna take a picture of me. Yeah, uh, I had like eighty dude. of my students were at this movie theater. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Just so happened to be, yeah. What movie was it? I don't remember. Ah. Something black and white. But... <laughs> so, so they wouldn't have been there in real life. So. <laughs> <laughs> But do you guys want to talk about this is kind of a long the, the book. book we have a book yeah <laughs> um, like favorite well each 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 chapter was a topic sort of yeah so what were your, some of the chapters that you guys really enjoyed or I, learned a lot about um I I mean I have to admit and I feel a little sheepish sheepish saying this but like I, I feel like I knew most of the stuff in the pencil chapter. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, so yeah. like that was that was sort of my least favorite. Well, one of my least favorite chapters, just because like it was nice to see things reinforced and talked about. But I I definitely learned a lot more like in the pen chapter and the paper chapter. The so, paper chapter was awesome. Yeah, the paper chapter was really great. Um, yeah, I I think. Oh man, I I don't even know what my favorite between like the pen and the paper chapter was, but both of them were just just fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. he, he talked a lot about, uh, moleskins in the paper chapter, which is really good. Yeah. That was a good transition. Yeah. The, the China thing. Yeah. Um, he talked a lot about the, the differences between, um, parchment. I didn't, I guess I never even really knew what the difference between like parchment and papyrus was. Um, and that was, that was really interesting. Parchment is based, um, let me, let me see if I'm remembering this correctly. Um, parchment is based on like animal skin, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, papyrus is more like what we would consider. It's it's a little bit closer to what we would consider like wood pulp paper, just not wood. But I, I never realized that um, wood pulp paper was such a difficult thing to achieve back in the day. Like so many people tried and failed to like, you know, grind the wood fine enough and then, you know, produce something that was that was smooth and, and white enough to be to write on. So... Yeah, just 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 reading 
just reading some of the elaborate ways that they needed to um, just like push out the paper pulp in order to make paper. Excuse mm-hmm. me, the wood pulp in order to make paper. Um, it just seems like a giant pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, we, we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but that was definitely a, a huge takeaway from the, that paper chapter yeah. was the part where he's talking about uh, how paper's made and then about how people are freaking out about moleskins being made in China. Yeah. He's like, hey, hey, yeah. folks, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's where paper's from. They basically invented paper. <laughs> like The way we make paper now is because yeah. of that. It was like, um, that is, and yeah, like made in China does not necessarily always mean quality problems. Yeah. Like it's, mm-hmm. Most of the time it doesn't. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's the world we live in, so just get over it. You yeah. know, uh, sometimes we're really, I know there's like the whole issue of the labor and stuff of making things there, which is an issue, like could be an issue or whatever, but, but the necessarily like quality necessarily, I mean, that's just kind of silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just part of that. Like we are America. We are the greatest ever. Like everything we make is better than everything you make, which yeah. is not the case, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of great things made there and a lot of things in this book that are made there, frankly. But, yeah. Uh, so that was really an interesting takeaway. And I also really enjoyed the discussion of paper sizes, which yeah. we mm-hmm. uh, referred to about like the the kind of international or intended to be international paper sizes, which were these, uh, you know, the, the author explains these, I forget what the, I guess A1 is the yeah. first size, right? And then everything from there on is a half of that. I can. It's um, just this kind of like perfect ratio. Yeah. I think I so I have that page open and it was on page turn to page eighty one of your books. Uh, <laughs> um, Sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, at this time, only three com- three countries, Burma, Libya, and the U.S., have not adopted the international papers in the international system of unit, units. USA. <laughs> Burma, Burma. Uh, SI or metric <laughs> system is their official system of weights and measures. Um, they they go on to talk about like how. Uh, Grandpa Simpson, he went, once cried, <laughs> the metric system is the tool of the devil. My car gets 40 rods to the hogshead, and that's the way I liked it. Grandpa Simpson <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. So um, so he definitely pontificates, and, and rightly so, about about the ISO 216 system for, for paper, um, which is A5, A6, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, ISO 216 system. It's, so it's not named very well, I should say. Um, so yeah, he, he talks about, um, did, I can't remember did we, when we talked about this last time, did we talk about how legal pads came to be? I think we did. I think we referred to it briefly. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought that was really interesting too, I, that. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, a judge, a judge would like, uh, rule his own paper pads and that came to be known as a legal pad, which is pretty, pretty amazing. And the, um, even the like legal pads are typically yellow and the reason they were yellow is that they were. Yeah. originally made from scraps that they would like mix together and they would dye them yellow so they'd all be the same color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is really interesting, which So and, yeah, when I was reading there's some there's some heavy stuff in this book like some for example the guy um Thomas Hawley who was a um and a, kind of a key figure in the development of um legal pads. Uh the company that he formed around that um Ampad actually. Uh he misappropriated funds. He he misappropriated $35,000 in <laughs> 1903, which is $35,000 a lot of money now, let alone in 1903. Mm-hmm. Um so he uh fled to Canada. Um yeah, it's a lot of drama. 
Um, yeah, for sure. And it's funny, uh, I mean, Ampad is a company that's still around today. They make my some of my favorite, uh, the gold fiber, gold fiber notebooks. So, wow, yeah, um, and and I think I'm sure they're owned by some some bigger, larger brand, um, probably Newell Rubbermaid or something. But uh, uh, yeah, it's so the paper chapter was super great. Um, I loved. I actually really liked. And I, f- I feel like I'm rehashing a lot of what we talked about last time, but the business card chapter was really good. Um, the stapler chapter was really good. Yeah, what did you what did you like about the stapler chapter? Um, <laughs> I sort of really liked how how much he tied it into office space and how uh, <laughs> Swingline did not make a red stapler. <laughs> and then after mm-hmm. uh, after office space, people started requesting them so much that they saw a business opportunity and started making that. Um, Do you guys have one? I do not have a red swing line. Not a red one. I have a, gr- a slate gray one that I use at school. That yeah. I don't my students <sighs> touch. <laughs> yeah, I'm the cool kid. I have a red one. Yeah. It's kind of beat up. I had it for a long time. I, I think it's interesting how it used to be that basically every um, every different stapler brand had its own format of staples. Like they, it was a huge push to sort of like um, to standardize staple sizes. And it's just something I've never really thought about. Um and the fact that staplers have been around before uh staples have been around before staplers so at some mm-hmm. point you just sort of like had to like push it through the paper and bend it um <laughs> uh, which which seems dangerous but um yeah that that ties into the whole idea this book that comes up pretty often of the like the lineage of stationary things like how one thing leads to another thing yeah yeah and one really awesome takeaway was the <laughs> the fact that pens are like a thousand years older than pencils. Yeah, absolutely. So pencils are actually the modern technology. So, yeah. So remember people that. want to talk. Yeah, remember that people want to talk about pens being like the modern equivalent. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> pencils, <laughs> pencils are the modern, the, the modern writing tool. That's why they that work was, better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh yeah it it was that that pen chapter really was fascinating like I just talking about like the development of the ballpoint pen and that was really fascinating yeah, yeah. I I didn't realize that there was such a um between uh Biro and um oh what was it between Biro and and Bic there was just sort of like a a bitter rivalry um mm-hmm. Swan yeah 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 because yeah, Biro was the South American yeah, uh, he, like, he was a uh, Hungarian. Yeah, they, so Argentina. so Henry Martin uh, took legal action against Marcel Bick or B I C H. I don't know how to say that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Bick <laughs> uh, for the infringement. <laughs> 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 you beast. Uh, for the infringement of uh, patents from from Biro. Um, uh, so like so, Bick had some of his stock confiscated. Um, Bick agreed to put, to pay Biro six percent of all retail price of all pens sold, uh, which remained in place until like 1957. In which case, <laughs> um, I think that Bick just went on and bought Biro. Um, yeah, and oh, so what happened was uh, Henry Martin's son uh, married Marcel Bick's daughter, so it basically just turned into a like just like pen magnates come together. Somebody should make a <laughs> somebody should make a like a love movie out of that. Yeah. A love <laughs> like movie a, ro- a romantic movie, not a love movie. Get the ball rolling. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Nicholas Sparks, where are you? <laughs> That's not nice. I think we can write this. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that the uh, the bit crystal is one of the original ballpoint pens. Yeah. So originally, they were all refillable. Yeah. It's like one of the original designs. And yeah. my favorite pen. And and I yeah. love I love what a spectacle um, ballpoint pens were like. You know, they sold them in this one department store, and the line was around the block, and they sold out. And then they discovered they all leaked. Yeah, they're all um, pieces of crap. Yeah, you know, like they like just did not work. <laughs> and I think they were all like twenty five dollars, which is something like uh, like more than a hundred dollars equivalent today, which which I just can't believe. Like, can you can you imagine? Like, I mean, there are pens that obviously cost more than that now, but there's not sort of like this like spectacle around them. So yeah, it was yeah. sort of like the eye pen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they they are only at work. No, I was no, <laughs> well, the first ones like didn't. The other one, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> that's that's funny. They they were the like yeah apple of their time. Uh, I was Sorry, go on, Tim. It was really interesting that they when they talk or when he talk, wrote about the ballpoint being, <laughs> which I don't necessarily I don't personally necessarily agree with this, but mm-hmm. the ballpoint pen being relief from the fountain pen. Mm-hmm. Like for the modern, like the common public, like they like didn't want to have to deal with fountain pens, and so they were this huge deal. They were saving people from yeah uh, from fountain pens, <laughs> um, and also the when they talked about the space space pen, yes. the, which was really interesting because there was that whole drama of the space pen being designed, and that NASA made him change his wording, yeah, uh, so, so that he was trying to make it sound like it was the only pen. Like it was NASA's yeah. pen. And they're like, I love. No, not exactly. <laughs> I, I actually wrote that. I wrote down a note, and I I had started turning that page when you said that. That yeah, he just kept like Fisher just kept like bugging them, like please use this pen, use this pen. They're like, okay, <laughs> sure, we'll buy some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like the official pen of NASA. Like, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> so it's interesting. I I kind of marked the area where it talks about how. Um, there had been some controversy at the time when it emerged uh, for the Gemini 3 mission that a total um, – that 34 pencils have been purchased for the mission at a total cost of $4,300, uh, <laughs> which works out to the cost of one twenty-eight eighty-four per pencil, um, <laughs> Only, although only two were ever taken aboard. When asked to justify the cost of these pencils, NASA's Robert Gilruth explains that the actual writing mechanism was obtained from a small pencil procured from a local office supply house at the cost of one seventy-five <laughs> each. However, the reluctant cost uh, of one twenty-eight per pencil included the fabrication and assembly of a take-up reel, base plate, and the pencil housing. You can't just buy a regular pencil from the store and take it up into space with you. You need to take up a real base plate and pencil housing too, obviously. Um, <laughs> so I wrote down a little note. I, I just want—I just want to know what pencil it, do you suppose it was? Um, like I mean, what um, a local stationer in uh, probably Florida, or maybe it's in Houston. I can't remember. Um, in 1965, like. It could have very well have been like a Ticonderoga. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an easy guess. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would love to try to figure out like what sort of, what pencil that could have been. And then, then we can just start calling it the space pencil. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have a small display of the pens and pencils they took on some of the missions on display at the uh, Air and Space Museum. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be down in Washington I have been there. Go, go peek. Heck yeah. I've been there um, like three times to the Air and Space Museum. I've never noticed that. And I've been it makes me sad, times. Johnny, because if I was going on the DC trip, I would be leaving tomorrow to go, but I'm not going to be there this year. Change your mind. 
No, I, I, I it wasn't it's my mind. Really hot. <laughs> it was someone else's <laughs> mind. So not invited. I don't. Yeah, I was not invited this year. I get to go next year, but not this year. Stow away, stow away. <laughs> well, I think next year the Museum of African American History will be open. Yeah. So okay. some somewhere new to go should be cool. So I I really loved um and this is in the pen chapter, I uh, I don't know if you guys ever read my thing about um writing in in green ink. I wrote that on yeah. uh, on oh, Lido's yeah, blog. Yeah, yeah. yeah they mm-hmm. had a they had a big thing about that um, about the um, the green psychopaths ink. writing green ink. Yeah, the phrase um, "green ink brigade" soon emerged. This is on page fifty four uh, to describe people who write long, slightly confused letters to journalists and politicians, <laughs> often explaining some outlandish theory of revealing evidence of a conspiracy. Uh, if Green Ink is so closely associated with paranoid conspiracy theorists, it is fittingly ironic then that the most famous user of Green Ink was Mansfield Cumming. Uh, by the way, that's an amazing name, Mansfield Cumming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first uh, director of MI6. Cumming would sign his correspondence with initial C in Green Ink, a tradition continued to this day by the current director, Sir John Sawyers, which, which is interesting because I bet that has something to do with um, um, what I... Oh, Operation Cicero, which is the story that I read about British espionage um, and the com- com- commandant of the um, like the German embassy writing in green ink. I wonder if that like relays over, um, which is also interesting because the the director of MI6 like signs off stuff with just his initial or her initial. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if uh, that has something to do with like, you know, in James Bond, you know, the director of MI6 is, goes by by M. Yeah, or is it MI- I think it's MI5. Q. Yeah. And Q, Q too, yeah. yeah. Is the, like the tech person. Or... Yeah. Well, Q is Q because uh, he's the quartermaster. Like he's oh, yeah, the supply yeah. guy, which is cool. Yeah. Which makes sense. That just again, so people just kind of going by the, you know, title of their names. Um, so yeah, the the Green Ink Brigade. I, I wrote down a big thing about that, which is pretty great. Um, <laughs> long, slightly confused letters to journalists and politicians explaining outlandish theories or revealing evidence <laughs> of a conspiracy. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I actually did enjoy the, uh, the whiteout chapter. Yeah, that was, which is a little, I didn't want to read it at the time. I was like, yeah. I don't think this is going to be interesting, but it ended up being pretty, uh, pretty fascinating or just the, the whole process of involving, you know, typewriters and how like typewriters needed to have some sort of way to delete. And that was like, obviously an early predecessor to just having a delete key on a computer like that was a huge deal for them to be able to delete a few letters and then start over again without having to cross stuff out yeah and uh one of my favorite parts was when pelican pelican uh pen company was developing what they called an ink bleach yeah (laughs) (laughs) and this I, i chose a title for the episode if you see that at the top but there was uh a few options of names that they came up with like in German that translated differently. First thing was radiator washer, which uh-huh. was erasing water, and then it says, or the more sinister sounding Tintentod, which which translated to ink death. I really think it should be called. I do love ink yeah. death. Yeah, or the name the name was changed to the more exciting though less explicable Tintin Tiger or Tintin Tiger, which translated to ink tiger. Wow, it's also a novel in 1972. Uh, that's a then it was changed again to Tintin Blitz, Ink of Lightning. <laughs> two years later, I love I love his that little like stroke of humor where he says yeah. the uh, the more exciting though less explicable. Like you can't explain this. <laughs> Why is it called the Ink Tiger? I don't understand. But um, 
but yeah, Tint and Top or whatever, however that's pronounced. That's our uh, that should be our episode title. Hmm. Where where, where where do they talk about um, Whiteout? Was that in the Eraser chapter? No, we all make mistakes. Chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to turn to it right now. Um, did you notice that thing about the um, the woman who invented like liquid paper was married to one of the monkeys? That was no. his mom. Oh, his mom. Oh, his mom. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, with a white out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that she was like basically running that business from within her other job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just sold. Yeah. That's double dipping, man. You can't do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that she like accidentally wrote something on the stationery of her company, like, yeah. or she signed she signed some document at her yeah. job, like she's a typist and she signed it. The like what I forget what the name of the company was, but Tipex yeah. or something like I yeah she signed Tipex. <laughs> yeah, it was there were some interesting ones like the um, oh the the postcard chapter, which which I wouldn't really call stationery, but I. I, I guess, but I it was it was great. It was super interesting and like talking about like how cartoonists who draw like um, naughty postcards made their living. That was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, um, I liked yeah. all the stuff about um, adhesives, like the tape and oh yeah, the, uh, post-it notes especially. And why uh, I never Scot- knew where post-it notes came from? Yeah. Yes, Scot- <laughs> Scotch tape is just racist. <laughs> yeah, what was the they still use that on their logo, which it's, is probably crossing a line. Yeah, it's because um they used to only put adhesive on either side of the tape. Um and people would talk about how they, they scotched them on the adhesives, meaning that they were cheap. <laughs> um I I didn't know that about Scots. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. So um so so they they had scotched their tape and so they were like scotch tape and so so now there's like plaid, you know, and there's like special yeah. edition Christmas plaids <laughs> on scotch tape. And it turns out it used to be super racist. Yeah. Yeah, which like many things in our world. Yeah. Used, used to be super racist yeah. and now they're no, it's just, and it was, I can't remember who I was explaining. And now we don't remember why, but yeah. they are still. Yeah. I was explaining to somebody about, um, about that. And then I was like, well, like, you know, yellow pencils, pencils are yellow because they wanted people to remind them of the Orient. And like, like somebody, somebody I was talking that, talking to that about was just like, whoa. Yeah. So <laughs> pencils too, or yellow pencils are pretty racist, but <laughs> So um, I have to admit, I did not get to um, chapters 15 and 16, The Storeroom of Knowledge and Tomorrow's World. So uh, I still have I still have that much to read. I sort of started traveling and didn't bring my book with me and fell off the wagon. But it's... Um, yeah. uh, I didn't quite finish either, but I was, I'm pretty close. But... Yeah. I, I love the, the back Tomorrow's to school chapter. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was really good. They talk about Trapper Keepers, which holds a very dear place in my heart. <laughs> I never had one. I went to a Catholic school. I went all have those. Yeah, we I um, felt kind of deprived. I had actually. I I wrote somebody wrote a thing about Trapper Keepers. I think it may be like uh, brain floss or mental floss or something like that. And I wrote a thing on wood clinched, and I just didn't realize they were as old as they were. Um, I thought <laughs> I I thought they were from like the like the mid to late eighties, and really they're from the mid to late seventies. So, uh, You're old. <laughs> um, yeah, those the last good. chapter was really good because he talked about sort of stationary is not going to go anywhere, which was pretty neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, it was very uh, yeah. short. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was, I was just kind of looking through the index in the very back and about some of the stuff, and they they talk about, um, 
there's a they talk about Charles Barrelsheimer in here, and they talk about Mark Zuckerberg in here. So I'm like two of my bosses, my former bosses, <laughs> well, current or former bosses are, are mentioned in this book. Yeah, it's <laughs> well, a short life. <laughs> That's one thing about the the pencil chapter that I was going to mention is that I do feel that they were kind of unkind to the uh, Blackwing. Yeah, the new Blackwing, or that he. That he not not unkind like intentionally, but the way that it was talked about ended up sounding more negative than I think it should have. You know, well, and and they really uh, concentrated on and I mean it's a it's an important thing in sort of like the history of this mythos is that like you know the appropriation of the Blackwing brand, but they they didn't talk about how wow this is actually a really good pencil in its own right too. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. is that it wasn't uh, he? I did I like that it was mentioned that the. Uh, Blackwing, the original Blackwing, was a uh, tribute, basically. Yeah. It was like a tribute to the original that it wasn't supposed to be an exact yeah. copy initially. Yeah. And so I, I like that he pointed that out. But then, yeah, he doesn't mention the fact that the new 602 is pretty awesome. So yeah. anyways, but yeah. I, that was one thing I wanted to point out that I was a little, which I understand. It was just you don't have unlimited space to write about this stuff. But Yeah, yeah. But I'm, um, I'm glad that they I'm glad that they mentioned sort of like the the Blackwing, you know, mythos in general, just because it's a pretty important part of, um, mm-hmm. yeah, of pencil history. But I, I, I honestly think that sharpeners could have warranted their own chapter. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. But, uh, yeah, but still, yeah, I, I can see he didn't want to concentrate entirely on the pencil. Why not? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when we write our book, we can. <laughs> we there we go. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so overall, I was pretty impressed with yeah. the book. I was uh, there. Admittedly, there were parts where I was thinking, "I don't want to read this because this doesn't sound interesting to me." And then, almost in every case, it ended up being interesting in a way that I wasn't expecting. So, uh, if you haven't read the book, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. If you're interested in this world, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you are interested yeah. <laughs> uh, enough to, uh, to read this, and I think you'll you'll find it. Very enjoyable. So, should I should I read some of the comments on Facebook about about the book? Yeah, for, yeah, for discussion. Yeah, any questions or anything? Yeah. So, our own Dr. Hans um, mentioned. He goes, "I hear somebody else say the same thing, but the book made me want to seek out an old stationery store or two and see what might be lurking on some back shelves. So, perhaps some discussion of old slash independent stationery stores could be interesting." I have one in mind that I'll try to visit tomorrow, which he did. Um, it would also be fun to hear if the three of you have any vintage office supplies that you're particularly fond of. I'd also like to hear if you have any stories of great finds, or perhaps the listeners could chime in with theirs. So um, I can actually start. I, I have a um, a box of um, bond paper, um, just like, uh, I would say it's probably like legal legal size, legal length, uh, legal paper length. And it is paper that the lines are numbered, and it's made to uh, type up, I'm thinking, um, legal documents where you need to number each line. Um, so it, mm. it kind of um, it aligns very well with a certain size of typewriter um, set to a certain length. I think it, I think it lines up with one of the uh, like IBM Select, Selectrics or something. Um, mm. And it's about half full, and I really haven't used the paper that's really nice, like cotton bond paper. Um, and I I just have it because it's a super cool box. Um, I like that a lot. So 
Um, I have never actually been to one of these kind of like old independent stationery stores like Fowler's, which James Ward goes to, or that one that Dr. Hans went to in New York just recently. He posted in the group about it. Um, how about you guys? I have nothing like that around here. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't been to anything, anything even remotely close to that. Yeah. Um, I wish, yeah. I wish I had, I mean, as far as old stationery that I'm interested in, I'm, I was I really identified with the paperclip chapter, and that reminded me of like a lot of different styles of paperclips that I was really you know that I really enjoy, and I have a small like semi collection of what I would call paperclips, but also I guess you could technically just call them bookmarks, you know? Yeah. Um, like that, I think they used to be designated as bookmarks that are maybe a little more ornate that were my grandmother's that were given to me. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I always kind of have an eye out for is good quality bookmarks or yeah. uh, sorry, paper clips. Yeah. Um, and then that's kind of like outside of pencils, of course, but yeah. uh, I'm my, and I think I talked about this in the last episode that my interest in stationery is pretty limited to writing utensils and paper. I'm not a huge fan of just, stationary in general like yeah. i'm not like really into whiteout or you know yeah. or, or i'm not really into business cards or folders or push pins and stuff like that. i found it interesting really interesting in the book but uh, those mm-hmm. ones for me are a little more like i'll just take it or leave it whatever i can find yeah uh, as long as it doesn't make me mad i'll use it but i'm not going to put too much thought into it like i do to pencils and pens and yeah. stuff like that how about you johnny um I don't really have a lot of old, like actually old stores, but there, there are two that I've been to a lot that are sort of old fashioned. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like there's a place where I was in grad school in Southern Illinois called the Seven Ten Bookstore, which was really cool. They sold like you could buy those tiny envelopes you'd put like a pencil sharpener in individually, and they had um, open stock of pencils and things like that. It was a really really cool little shop that I haven't been to in like nine years, and. Um, I, a few of our listeners live in the Boston area, so they probably are familiar with Bob Slate in Cambridge, which is really cool. Sort of, it's not it's not old. It's sort of there's a lapse in ownership, and um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's it's old fashioned. They have their own notebooks, and um, uh, I don't know. They just look really old. It's really cool. Yeah. But uh, we normally have those in Baltimore. They they would disappear and. Get yeah, Starbucks. Um, something Stephen Watts asked in the group. Um, he goes, "I like the idea of expanding on the author's thoughts on why exactly is all this interesting to us." Um, and what's interesting about um, uh, and he goes, "I would, I would be interested. It would be interesting to your audience to learn what drew the three of you into this niche." And yeah, I, I'd be interested to know, um, you know, what you guys think about that. Do. Uh, how did you guys get into this niche? We talked a little bit about specifically pencils, um, but sort of just maybe even a, a broader theme of just like stationary or writing supplies or something like that. I'd be interested to know. Interesting question. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. It was actually pens for me. Yeah. That's how I got uh, into it through being just kind of a, a pen nut before I was a pencil nut. And I you know, had some fount- a few fountain pens and stuff like that. And then I found the pen addict and then I got it hooked into that community. And that's kind of like the, the whole entry. Um, but yeah, it was pens for me, uh, jet pens. Really. I guess I could give like the, 
the most credit to was the jet pens, finding out about jet pens and getting the kinds of stuff they had on jet pens was pretty, pretty huge for me. I, um, yeah, I, I definitely just sort of have a love of anything that has to do with writing or, um, drawing or just like, you know, stationary supplies in general, pencils, you know, particularly so, so, but I like paper and pens and typewriters and things like that. Um, and I honestly have no idea where that comes from, except maybe that it's just um, I like antiques, I like old things, I like old history, um, and I've sort of since I was a kid sort of been in love with the idea of um, you know writing on a like on a manual typewriter, you know old you know Me old, too. old journalism, old newspaper movies where they you know they'll bang something out real quick. Uh, His Girl Friday is a lot like that. Um, and my grandmother had a manual typewriter that she would you know pull out and we would kind of play with and type stuff up on. So I don't, I, I don't think I can solely attribute it to my, to my grandmother, but I think that's a big part of it. Um, we really just, just love the idea of writing with something like that. So it just translates really, really well into this. And, and especially, yeah, just some of the like ephemera of stationary. Um, it's, it's just interesting to me. We talked a little bit about this last time, but you know, all of these little things were owned by an independent company and they all came with like a really beautiful, designed box or um you know just a lot of intentionality has been put into let's just say this whiteout or this mm-hmm. box of paper clips um and that's something i think we lost a little bit as it's sort of been expanded to like um you know bigger companies have taken over smaller companies is you know in office depot a box of office depot pens and a box of office depot paper clips have the same design on them and that's kind of sad really because you know in the old days they would look completely different um so i don't mean to like wax nostalgic about something like that because (laughs) time goes on and people merge and people aren't buying that much stuff anymore but that's a big part of it for me some of it has to do with just an interest in things things past combined with an interest of writing so uh yeah that's pretty yeah, good. I'm pretty similar for me too. Yeah. Um, Toffer wanted to know um, what the most interesting object in the book for each of us is. And I might add a caveat to say that uh, not including pencils. Mm. Do, do any of you guys have a. Did you say that again? Post-it. Sorry, you're cutting uh, out a little bit. The most interesting object in the book. <laughs> post This is like. Sure. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, post it notes. And I mean, this the is. Magic loop. I mean, kind of so over obvious for me, but I was super fascinated by the chapter about the pen, the paperclip and the gem. Yeah, you know, talking about the gem and that that whole process of like how there was this kind of gold rush of people who were like, "Oh, we could design something better than a needle." Yeah, uh, and just kind of flooding <laughs> all of these designs. That was kind of fascinating. That like, I love any idea of a uh, some design that can't sort of can't be improved upon. Kind of like how people talk about Helvetica. Yeah type you know being kind of like a, a perfect font that the gem it's like hard it really is kind of hard to improve on the gem so uh, yeah. i thought that was really really fascinating yeah i really loved how he just kept tying things back to his um his desk tidy yeah so i, I would i would love mm-hmm. to kind of see that in person it looks pretty cool yeah i agree and and johnny you said paper clips or no you said post-its oh post 
Yeah. 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 Um, I think in another life, I must have been a chemist who was really interested in glue because whenever they talked about adhesives in their books, like, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, trying to think. Randy Reagan asked a question that's that's uh, related, but maybe slightly separate from. Um, I'd love to hear the answer to yield. If you were stranded on an stranded on an island and could only have one pencil, what would it be from you guys? <laughs> oh, uh, I actually thought about that when I read it. Uh huh. I have one. If you guys don't have one, the uh, General Cedar Point. Huh. It's the perfect mix of smoothness and point retention. Yeah. If I, that'd be a good one. Yeah, if I had to factor in, like, I had a limited number. If I had an infinite number of pencils <laughs> that I was taking with me, like, I had, like, more than I would, more than enough, then I'd probably take Palomino HB. Hmm. But if I was limited, um, like, and I needed something that was harder, that would last longer, mm-hmm. it'd probably be a, a, similar to Johnny's, but not quite the same, but the forest choice. Yeah, that's really good. Which I probably have enough to live on a desert island for the rest of my life because <laughs> of my bulk purchase of those. But I don't know. I was, I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about that, and I guess if I was going to be on this island for the rest of my life, maybe I would want one of those forever pencils. <laughs> but they're so crap. They're so crappy to write on. My life wouldn't be very long because eventually I'd just like try to slip my wrist or something. Because what about a sharpie liquid ink? Why don't you take one of those? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> liquid liquid pencil. Yeah, exactly. Um, you could use it to kill animals. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would probably take. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. Yeah, something something slightly slightly harder. So probably a because it would need to last a long time. So maybe maybe a Wopex in that case. Yeah, Wopex would be a good choice. Yeah. Durable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else we have here. People talk about dulcet. The word dulcet, because Lenore said something about how she misses. She's going to miss our sweet dulcet voices. So, so here we are, Lenore. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Dan Bishop asks, "You should all discuss the mechanical pencil hate. Some are very hate worthy; others, other not so much." Uh, was there mechanical pencil oh, yeah, hate in the episode. in the book? No, I don't think so. so. I think it's more us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And for me, it's not. It's it's not as much hate as just boredom. Like, yeah. They just bore me like i don't like using them I... there's they're too sterile for me did we like, did we do a mechanical episode a mechanical pencil episode not yet not yet i think we it's could because time. i i think i could have some i could come up with some interesting things to say about it yeah i got a few things to say but yeah. I, we've we've talked about them in pieces but yeah uh, but yeah for me most of they're just, yeah they're too sterile too boring for me I yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. like they're too they're too mechanical if yeah. i may but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you may sir you may <laughs> um <laughs> And kind of the last thing from here that I'll mention, um, Peter Giori, um we, we talked in a previous thread a little bit about um, what we would consider to be the standard pencil. Um, mm. and, and and that's something that maybe like bears an entire episode discussion on just like, yeah. um, because I took that to mean like a benchmark pencil. So like a, mm-hmm. like a Ticonderoga or a Golden Bear is just kind of like middle of the road, something you can, ba- it's, it's basically like, the bread box when you're talking about how something big how big something is you know bigger than a bread box smaller than a bread box yeah um and where he was talking about pencil is something that's like universally widely available and solid quality um which i honestly don't know if that exists something that's universally available yeah as far as universally available it's down to like a handful of pencils right yeah i mean there's not that many and i think the ticonderoga definitely needs to be like stricken from that needs to be banished because it's like so crappy now yeah yeah uh that that is definitely not it 
I'm, I'm tempted to say the, the right dude's natural that you can get most yeah. places. Being well, like yeah, a good, but. well is, is that available outside of the U.S.? No, I don't, I don't know. think there, there is one that would be world. Yeah, and that's what, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't even know how many pencils yeah. you can get across the world in general. Yeah. Blackwings, yeah. that's it. Yeah. I was fantasizing the other day about being able to go to a Target and buy <laughs> a dozen Forest Choice, like, yeah. at a Target. Like, how amazing would that be? That you can go and get they have like, that. Um, They're only two fifty the a dozen. Yeah, and that one's okay. Yeah. Cool. But, like, imagine, like, their pens, it's not like they're super expensive. Imagine if Pencils.com hooked up with Target or somebody like that, and you can go and get, spend four bucks even and get a dozen Golden Bears. Yeah. yeah. People would do yeah, that. I think they're cool. Forest they're cool choice. enough looking. Didn't have they do a partnership with Forest Choice and um, Whole Foods like ten years ago or something like that? No idea. Oh, I don't know. Good, I didn't good know. while ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. No, it sounds like too, something I heard. Yeah, I'm too young for I don't, that. I don't shop for Whole Foods. <laughs> oh, I, was man. Di- I was in diapers at that point. <laughs> I was killing me. I'm sorry. Uh, I turns <laughs> out I was a lot older than uh, more older than Andy than I thought. <laughs> I thought I was only like a year or two older than Andy. Nope. Yeah, like thirty years older than me. <laughs> How old are you? Johnny? I'm staring down. I'm staring down thirty six this summer. Okay, I'm thirty two. I want to say it that way. No, we're almost. We almost have I'm a perfect 35. like perfect gaps between all of us. Then yeah, twenty. I'll be twenty eight in August. So twenty eight, thirty two, and thirty six. Yeah, <laughs> like four year, four years between each of us. Yeah, don't, don't say twenty eight and thirty six. When I was your age, boy. Uh, the older you get, the more they're just like the same. It and Tim, really Tim's the one with the gray hair mm-hmm. and a dark brown <laughs> I, I, beard. Yeah, like the two tone. That's why I keep my hair cut pretty close on the sides lately. <laughs> I, I found some gray hair in my eyebrows, which makes me feel really old. <laughs> Were they like four inches long? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I put to get in my eyes. Found a gray hair in my ear. <laughs> no. Oh God! <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Should we well, uh, should we wrap this up? Yeah, I think when if yeah. we if and slash when we're able to have James Ward on, we'll have some more kind of extended yeah conversation about this book. But yeah, uh, if you have any questions you want us to keep talking about, shoot us the questions. We can talk about it on the Facebook group, or we can maybe bring it up on another episode. But Absolutely. yeah, it was good to, good to talk about it. I, I was happy to get to do something like this. It was a good kind of change in format and subject so yeah, i'm glad so. glad you thought of this andy cool and yeah, if folks have good um you know suggestions for what our next book should be when we do one i, I was going to well so I'll suggest you know, this. The prosody, yeah i was thinking about the confessions of a, of a comic queen um that we talked mm-hmm. about a lot oh yeah yeah what but, a good uh, excuse to buy the book yeah and but, it, but maybe even like a classic book like you know pencil or i don't know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i mean, you, I've, um, I've not read that of henry but. thoreau Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, both yeah, both of them got a lot of pencil stuff in it. Uh, Plus, I was actually thinking Henry. about that the other day. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So, where can folks find you gents online? Especially uh, Avery Andy first. <laughs> uh, I am. Uh, my my website is at woodclinched.com, which is tragically has not been updated for a long time. Which I keep saying that, and I keep meaning to, and someday I will. I have two things I need to write for it. Um, other than that, find me at uh, at a Welfley on Twitter or at Woodclinched on Twitter. How about you, Tim? You can find me on the Writing Arsenal. So it'd be www.thewritingarsenal.com on Twitter at Writing Arsenal uh, or at Tim Wassum. I'm also on there 
uh, on Twitter and then on Instagram at the writing arsenal. What about you, Johnny? I am at pencilrevolution.com on the interwebs, which I actually updated recently, so I'm really proud of myself. I'm on Twitter at Pensolution and on Instagram at Pensolution. And you can find us at erasable.us. You can find us on Facebook. I don't remember the URL, but if you search for groups <laughs> for Erasable Podcasts, there's only one. And it's a, it's a closed group. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Erasable. Sweet. Awesome. <laughs> and if you're not a member, you should think about becoming a member if, just to read all of the awesomeness. Uh, this episode will be at erasable.us slash 29. Um, and, you know, show up in your iTunes. We're on uh, Twitter at Erasable Podcast. Also, we like to promote the use of the hashtag Erasable Podcast. Yay. Which mm-hmm. needs more representation on Instagram especially. For sure. So there, you know, there are a lot of good pencil pictures. You need to gather them all up a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, you should throw that if you're doing posting something about pencils. Throw that on there, regardless. Be nice. Yeah, have a nice central place to go and look at all the cool uh, pencil porn on. on (laughs) Not actual porn, guys. No pencils. (laughs) I feel like this book was porn in some ways. Yeah. Can't wait to read the next one. (laughs) I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Um, So yeah, thank you for listening to our podcast for almost thirty episodes now, which is awesome. I think you could listen to our podcast for almost two days straight and not stop. And not repeat an episode. Yeah. That's fantastic. Because we never keep it to an hour. No. Which is good. Until next time, keep Bye-bye. your pencils sharp. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, did you hear that? That was amazing. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Awesome. Yeah.